Hey y'all, Katie here with Team Eva Wazy, and welcome to the Arizona Monthly Market Housing Update with Matt and Katie, where you learn all about the greater Phoenix area housing market, including information on interest rates, what's happening with housing prices, and tips and tricks for buyers and sellers. Please like, subscribe, and download our episode so that we can continue to get this real news out to the real people. What's up, everybody? We are back with our monthly market update. It's Katie and Matt and, and Ryan. What's up, guys? Hey, <laughs> hello. Hello. So, how is August treating you so far? Ah, oh, it's, it's hot. Looking forward to it uh, cooling <laughs> off a little bit. Yeah, I think we're all feeling that pain right now. <laughs> it, it is a little warm. I think I saw a stat. Um, for those of you who don't know, we are in the Phoenix, Arizona area. I think I saw a stat that we did not get under, um, what was it, 112 for the entire month of July. Was that right? I think it was 112. I don't know. Feels don't right. Know. Yeah, it somewhat feels right. But then at the same time, like the good old sensationalism uh, in, in, in the media has been capitalizing on Arizona in its heat. Like as and, if it's not normal. Yeah. And if anything, the last two or three years haven't been normal because it was a lot cooler, a lot more mild. All last summer, it, it rained. And no one was saying, oh, my God, this is an anomaly. But now we have back to normal heat. And it's like, oh, my God, the sky's falling. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think that should deter anyone from thinking that Arizona is an amazing place to call home. Totally agree. I mean, I've been living here nearly 20 years. And with the exception of a couple of years, like you mentioned, July is always like that. In August, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. July and August are usually like really hot and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's what happens. You know, I think the hottest on record know, is, is, it's a dry 96. heat, right? Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Just stay That's what we all state. say, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's 112, but it's a dry heat. So dry heat, flip flops. It's all you need, you know, margarita and you're golden, you know, boss might not really like that at one o'clock in the afternoon, but you know, <laughs> hey, that's okay. So let's talk about activity out there, guys. Maybe start off with rates, Ryan, if you can give us just a little sort of snippet what's been going on. I know we had some um, news come out from the Fed. What was it last week with yes. their meeting? And so fill us in. What is happening on the rate front? Yeah, kind of a lot to talk about. So, um, you know, last week, you know, like you said, Katie, the Federal Reserve, they, they did hike the funds rate by a quarter. Um, now, this was expected for a while, you know, and mortgage rates in the stock market had already priced this news. So the focus was actually on what the, the Fed chair, Jerome Powell's comments were going to be about future rate increases. And during, during the, you know, question and answer session, which is always interesting to watch because, you know, anything that Jerome Powell says during these meetings is a real market shift shifter. In the second, you know, you'll see stock markets either jump or drop. It's, it's really interesting to see the response. But in the meeting, you know, Powell acknowledged that the inflation reports are coming in lower than expected, like we mentioned last podcast. And, and he did say that he needs to see more data before deciding to hike or pause during the next meeting, which is uh, September 19th and 20th. So, you know, there will be a lot of economic data reporting, you know, before this meeting. And experts feel inflation will continue to drop. And what that will do, it should support a pause and the rate hikes for the rest of the year. So, you know, this news was very positive for mortgage rates and, you know, they improved last week, you know, they had a significant improvement, but, you know, it's a big, but it's, this has been a theme for the entire year now, you know, as we discussed but. a lot, you know, rule of thumb, 
is, you know, when inflation goes down, mortgage rates will drop with it. So there's been a lot of pressure this year for rates to be lower than where they currently are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's been unexpected economic events that really held us back from significant improvements. You know, it's uh, the only predictability is how unpredictable these things could be. So, for example, <laughs> you know, the debt ceiling, um, you know, Saudi Arabia, that they, they reduce their oil output, you know, better than expected jobs reports, things like that, which no one has control over. And, and now, you know, yesterday, the United States, I'm sure a lot of people have, have you heard in the news, it was reported a lot that, you know, the credit rating for the United States was lowered from triple uh, A to double A plus. So this was largely in part to what I mentioned, that, that debt ceiling, you know, that barely passed before the cutoff. So you might have seen yesterday that the stocks, you know, dropped because of this and uh, mortgage rates, they did increase. So, you know, we're still, you know, not getting the big drops that we were expecting this year. But, you know, we're, we're hoping that during the next Fed meeting, like I said, it's in September, they will pause the rate hikes, which would really be big news. And that should really start the significant drop in rates for the year. So that, that's where we stand. Yeah. So stay tuned, guys. How have applications been um, as far as incoming applications since the last time that we spoke last month on the podcast? Yeah, you know, they have been a little bit slower. I know before the taping, we kind of were talking about it. And uh, it's hard to say why. Maybe the weather, maybe, you know, kids are are getting back in school. You know, maybe a little bit of the uncertainty of where rates are going to go. Maybe the news of the rate hike, because I know there's still some confusion on exactly what that means. But over the past two weeks, we did see things a little slower on, on the application front. Yeah, and, and we've seen that also just within our buyer pool. We had a bit of a spike, you know, I mean, just a few weeks ago, a month ago, whatever, we had quite the spike and then um, it started to die down and it seemed to match up with the timing of the really hot weather. <laughs> and so, but that's pretty typical, right, Matt? I mean, we've been around the block a couple of times and we see the seasonal, and you too, Ryan, like we see that sort of seasonal movement throughout the year we kind of know now when our busy times are and typically july and august is quiet i mean you know you got kids getting back into school you've got people still finishing up family vacations um that kind of thing what's your take on that you know i think there's a lot of things that contribute to it and you know definitely think heat is one of them i think just the normal summer i think you know, uh, there's been some in, in Arizona, a lot of school districts change their their the amount of time that they go to school in the year, or at least when they start school back up. Um, yeah. And they've kind of elongated their vacations during the normal year. So now their summer vacation is shorter. So therefore, a lot of students ended up going back to school a lot earlier, about a week to two weeks earlier than normal. Um, and I it, that definitely throws, you know, I think uh, some salt in the game for some people. Um, and then, you know, you take what's happening kind of with heat, but I think that's just a normal seasonal thing here in Arizona. Yes. The other side of it is, is I kind of look at our, our seasonal spikes and we look at it, we, we charged well past 4th of July as far as what we saw as people engaging in, in, in multiple offers and, and just a, more demand than, than usual. So I think we're, we're now definitely just seeing the normal summer lull. We always get a summer lull no matter what. Um, unless it's like the middle of a weird pandemic year, <laughs> but you know, um, I, I think that's exactly what's happening. Um, the, the other, the other thing I think too, is, is people are sensing that we have a very low inventory. So with that low inventory, you know, people are squeezed with a lot of emotion. They definitely don't want to get in a bidding war. 
And then if they are looking to upgrade, do they really want to get rid of the home that they have such a low rate on to make that change? And a lot of people are going, you know what, after they pencil it out, it's probably not worth it to them to, to, to face that right now, especially with rates kind of fluctuating the way that they are. Um, so I, I think all of that kind of put together is, is just like, is just perfect for this little lull. Now, my feeling is, is like what Ryan was saying, come September, you know, we're not going to, we've been, we get usually get our inflation reports every month. Right. Ryan. And this is the one time where August is ultimately like, we're not getting anything. We're just now going all the way till September. It's like a two month lag. That's a lot of time. When you look at exactly like the volatile nature of our market and how, um, you know, consumers and just everyone's been responding to these monthly reports. It's like, we're waiting 30 days, 30 days. Now all of a sudden you double that by a hundred percent. You know, there's definitely a lot of uncertainty, but my feeling is, is to what you're saying. And a lot of other um, economists are like, you know, they're very confident in the news to come out as far as inflation and things that could possibly, you know, stimulate rates to go down. Now, the big question is, is what's going to be these underlying political wins and everything else that seems to contribute to this we the the election machine is literally just getting ready to fire up because we are going to be one calendar year away from you know um, from presidential right so like you know what i mean it's 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 right around the corner so we know how that's going to to go part of me feels like and i don't mean to go long-winded on this but We've, we've said that in many of our podcasts, how there just seems to be this artificial nature to everything that we've experienced here since the Fed stepped in and really started raising rates to get ahead of this and everything that's kind of been happening. And I feel like that artificial nature is, is real and it's, it's, it's political. And here we are now going into a year that's very big and America's more divided than it's ever been. So therefore, these parties are going to be doing everything they can to get voters to respond. And my feeling is, is they're not going to do anything that's going to hurt them on, you know, on the ground level. And that's going to be homes. If people are worried about where they're living, what housing costs are, that they're losing equity, uh, it's just, that's, that's not good. So that's what makes me kind of hopeful that uh, the, the rest of 2023 and 24 will actually be good for rates and real estate. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Do you think that people are still listening and watch or listening to watching the headlines that are saying the sky is falling, the housing's crashing. I mean, I'm still, it's, it's what we're more than halfway through 2023. I'm still waiting for the crash. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, do you think that is having a a bit of an impact? It's interesting. I think, I think when you look at it, it, it really shows how resilient the United States economy really is. You know, a lot of people were expecting us to be in recession this year with, you know, uh, with uh, the too. funds rate as high as it is right now, a lot of people saving money, money rather than spending money. And like I mentioned before, when I was talking about rates is the jobs reports, you know, the jobs reports have been showing, you know, people are, are keeping their jobs, you know, there's a lot of new job openings and people are getting them. So, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. The stock market's had a great year, you know, um, you know, it's up quite a bit. So I think it just kind of shows the, the re- resiliency, you know, a lot of people were thinking there was going to be a, a stock market crash. You know, there's going to be a, a crash in home prices, but we're not seeing any of that. Things have been very resilient. I know a lot of that has to do with, you know, inventory in terms of the prices, like Matt mentioned. And I thought it was kind of interesting. I actually saw a, a chart 
that that showed that nationally, nationwide, we have about 1.08 million homes that are uh, listed that are active. But um, you know, during the crash that we had in 2008 and nine, we had what was it? It was four million homes. Yeah. It was that big of a difference. But what's interesting is our population has grown from 300 million to 335 million. So you can see there's a little disconnect there. Population is going up. Inventory has dropped by almost 3 million. It's, it's crazy. So, you know, when you look at that, obviously, that's why we're seeing, you know, home prices have such a rebound. I think uh, I was looking at some of those numbers and now the five big um, estimators of value like HFA, uh, FHFA, CoreLogic, Black Knight, Zillow, um, all are predicting between five and ten percent increase in the next twelve months for home prices. Crazy. When when we were talking not long ago, people were fearing twenty percent drop. So really interesting how things have flipped. Absolutely, and our inventory levels are super low here still. I mean, we're hovering. Armless reported at the end of June, hovering just under two months inventory, which is really light. And Matt, I know that you've been paying quite a bit of attention for a long time to those weekly statistics. Where are we at now? You know, we're, we're actually, we went down a little bit for the last couple of weeks. Um, and like I've said in every podcast that we do, I look at things a little bit differently. I pull I pull what's for, for sale on the MLS based on just Maricopa and Pinal County. I don't use the MLS as a whole because it extracts information from all over the state rural areas. And I just feel like a lot of that stuff kind of convolutes and, and changes yeah. what we're really looking at. And that's Metro Phoenix. And what we've done is we've actually, um, uh, we, we went down, I'd, it was like 0.5% um, in inventory. We were at 9,000. Um, 590 something um properties and that was, in seven, that was in seven in a seven day period the two seven two weeks before that we we remained flat we didn't really we didn't really uh change much all the months leading up to that it was a minimum of a two percent change every 30 days now when we look at where we are at from our high which was um november 1st of 2022 uh we are down 52 percent um, from that point in time. So I think there's, you know, look at that and you look at the time period in which we dropped 52% in inventory. You don't usually see that happen between November and June. That's right. not usually going to be a time frame in which we see that it would actually be between now and that time period that we usually see that type of that movement. I think inventory once again is the is the thing that's playing this, and I think that it also speaks a lot to what's happening here in Arizona and the confidence in the real estate market. Um, our rental market's also flattened. That was one thing that I saw kind of trickling up here over the last few months, and it was it was it was pretty much wiped out all um, all drops that it had from that same uh, November first, two thousand twenty two point, um, and now we are about um, I believe it was like right around six um, percent higher or 3% higher, excuse me, yeah, 3% higher than where we were um, as far as inventory goes at that point in time. Obviously, the rental market's a lot different. Um, there's a lot of things that, that contribute to that. And the stats that I'm pulling that are from MLS. I can't get actual data from Zillow. And Zillow is going to be the biggest platform for actual rentals. So I would like to really see what they see. Um, and I think you know, that's why we kind of really put a little bit of weight into what they're doing, like new programs that they're coming out, things that they're trying to do. One of the new things that Zillow and Redfin just announced that they're doing 
is they're now teaming up with new builds. So they are now going to be almost trying to replicate the MLS kind of has a, it's, it's an okay system for new builds, but it's not really um, engaged. Not super um, robust. Yeah. Yeah. Not super robust, not super accurate. It's not really intuitive. Um, and, and Redfin and, and Zillow ultimately identified this and now they have stepped in, which I think that's huge because it's one thing that you look at in Arizona right now. Um, they look at it and say, oh yeah, demand is a little bit soft and re in resale. One thing, and, 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 and I don't mean to beat a dead horse with this, but it's also annoying when they take these convenient and they, they start looking at last year still, and they're saying we're soft compared to this. And it's like, I don't think we can do that. I think looking a year back is just, it's, it's skewing the data. It's like, what we really need to look at now is what's been happening in 2023 and everything that's been contributing to that. So is demand really soft so far this year? No, I'd say it's pretty linear and it's kind of been almost gaining speed considering what we've seen with rates and uncertainty. But then we look at our new build section and there's actually demand there. They're seeing a, a big increase. Um, all of the you know land purchases are now going up and, and there's a lot of confidence in that arena. That's good. I really feel like we've always been able to look at new builds and kind of not so much resale shadows them, but they kind of do in a sense. If when new builds start to crash, we know, oh shit, that's going to really trick one to, to resale. If yeah. all of a sudden we start to see new builds start to pick up steam, that's when we know, okay, how far is resale behind that? Um, and I think a lot of that's, it's almost perfect, especially if you are a family that's looking to move and you're saying, all right, I'm pretty confident that rates are going to go down in the next six to eight months, but they're not a big thing. I'd still be comfortable with, with, with using today's rates, but I'm pretty, pretty certain they're going to be lower than they are. Well, why not buy a new build? That's what I think a lot of people are chalking it up and saying we don't have to lock our rate in until it's time to close. Um, so, um, but I, I think it's all good stuff. Yeah. And Armless, just speaking to the whole crash in 2023 thing, Armless has an opinion about that. And that's Arizona Regional MLS. For those of you who don't know, we receive this uh, report once a month. It's called the Armless Stat. And I really loved this line that, so I arrowed it and underlined it. <laughs> it says that uh, reports of our housing values collapsing in 2023 look extremely foolish. I mean, that's pretty black and white. And I totally agree with that. Um, the line prior to that is when 2023 closing numbers are reported, it's not unreasonable to expect a modest year over year increase in median sales price at this point, um, which I think is really interesting. And, you know, I'm, I'm still noticing just in our business and, you know, the colleagues that I speak to that are, that are representing buyers that are coming in on our listings or just, you know, those that I network with, um, we're seeing, and I even saw this on an article, we're seeing a, still, we're, we're very much a destination area, very much a destination state location, and we're seeing a lot of movement from um, uh, San Francisco is a big one. We're seeing a lot of movement from New York City is a big one. And I think Seattle is the other one that's like kind of the top three. So real lot of movement coming from those areas into our state, into our metro area here. Um, I, I, I want to go out on a limb and say most of our listings right now are under contract with uh, out-of-state out of buyers. So it's, we're, we're still seeing a lot of that influx. You always got to apologize a little bit like, hey, it's July and August. It gets better. Trust me. Weather yeah. gets better. <laughs> you you only have to wear oven months. mitts when you drive for like, you know, six weeks. It's fine. <laughs> <Just hang laughs> <in> there. 
<laughs> oh, I had to laugh when I first moved here from New Hampshire and there was some sort of joke. Of course, you know, we didn't have social media back then like we do now. So there weren't all these memes and things like that. But somebody had taken a picture of, of someone on the freeway literally driving with oven mitts on. And I thought that was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> But I moved in the middle of July, so I was like, oh, yeah, that could be me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, you know, and I, I can when I moved out here and this was a long time ago, I, uh, I had a no money, really bad car. And I ended up having engine issues my first summer here, and it required me to drive around with the heat on. Oh, so no! I had to, like, literally turn the heat on all the windows down and drive around. So. If someone's really looking to pull the bandaid or get used to it quickly, just go with that route. You know, <laughs> family might not like it, but <laughs> yeah, just get the old acclaim. Anyway, um, anything else that you guys would like to add before we sign off here? No, I don't. No? I, I just, I, I think just the last thing is probably just anyone that is really kind of putting their finger on the pulse and wondering if it's time to sell or buy, you know, and I, I think it's a good time to watch that. I think it's like we've always said, it's a good time to prepare, make sure that you're engaging, asking questions um, because everything that's happening right now is setting us up to see things change quickly. And yeah. if, you know how that happens when things change quickly and you're not fully prepared, you know, that luck is out the window, you know, cause that's when opportunity and preparation meet and uh, yes. create your own luck. It's ultimately Absolutely. All right, guys. Here we end it. Love that, Matt. That's right. Well, happy August. Stay cool out there, everybody. We will see you here next month with Katie, Matt, and Ryan. And oh, by the way, if you want to kind of watch the trends, so we're here every month. We've been doing this for, I don't know, a bazillion years. And if you want to see what we said three months ago, two months ago, last month, and just kind of watch those trends, a great way to do that is to hop on over to our YouTube channel. We are at Team Evo AZ. That is our handle. Right at the top is this monthly market update playlist. You'll see it right away. Can't miss it. Subscribe to that channel. Click the little bell so that you get the notifications. If you are more of the podcast type, you'd rather listen to it in your earphones, maybe you walk a lot, hike a lot, bike a lot. Hop on over to your favorite podcast platform. Do a quick search for Arizona Real Estate Radio. That is going to get you to our channel. Our channel works unlike many other podcast channels out there where we push all of our content, all of our shows, all of our educational materials, including Tip Tuesday with Dana and, and Ryan through that podcast channel. So subscribe, like, download, rate, do all the things, and we will see you next month, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys.